Off the ball. You two lads are from Leinster, so it's no wonder you're given out of the provincial championship. I don't want to take away the provinces. Who drew the geographical lines back in the day? It's because of the way that the provinces are broken up. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Now then, Gaelic Football Championship, we are cooking. It's never been better. So uh, it really has taken a massive upturn, it's fair to say, over the past fortnight. And it's about to get a whole lot more exciting this weekend because on Saturday, Kerry and Tyrone is an All-Ireland quarterfinal. Uh, to Saver at 3.45, followed by Armagh against Monaghan at 6 o'clock, both on GEA Go. And then on Sunday at 4 o'clock, we'll have Dublin against Mayo. 4 o'clock, RTE. Before that, Derry against Cork at 1.45, also in RTE. Uh, that is because weekend just gone, Galway dumped out of the championship by Mayo by a single point, 110 to 12 points in Salt Hill. And then Saturday, the three games, well, two of them, were one point games. Cork beat Roscommon by a point, 114 to 16 points. Monaghan beat Kildare with the last minute kick, 111 to 13. And then Tyrone didn't quite grow beards, but uh, they have straightened themselves up, you think, just in time for the business end, and they will be a threat. Eight point win against Donegal. Very happy to say, Darren O'Sullivan with us. Hello. Hey, Joe. How are things? Good. Have you cheered up a bit, so? I'm in great form. Colin Boy with us as well. Hello. I'm great, Joe. Uh, Darren, this is a bit more like it. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're all kind of looking forward to the start. It's a real start to the championship now, uh, I think, coming. I think we got a, a taste of things to come last weekend. Um, and yeah, look, I think the, the draw we got, I think uh, I think everyone's pretty happy with that. It's um, guaranteed to be good games, surely. So, uh, no, it's, it's all good now. I think we're looking forward to the weekend. We'll talk about some of the games of the weekend um, in just a moment, but it's amazing. I, I don't know uh, what your sense was, Darren. Tyrone do their thing against Donegal and do it in fine fashion. And the Canavans look uh, really good. Dara had four points from playing the first half. Rory weighs in with 1-1. We all know they have just the tools and, and almost the mindset, maybe more importantly, to turn an average season around and go and win in All-Ireland. And it does feel, and I guess here's the question and feel free to dig into your own experience. It does feel like almost more than any other team in the country, the name Tyrone unnerves Kerry footballers more than any other county. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? It's a funny one. I don't... When you're in the bubble as a footballer, it doesn't. You're actually looking forward to it. You never actually think negatively about it. Um, but when you get out of it and you hear all the, the side talk and the newspaper and the radio stuff obviously there the history is there but it had it well it had changed i think in re- previous years and obviously when tyrone won the all a couple of years back i think the fact david clifford went off injured that day kind of derailed Kerry. but it's just got such a spiky history to it um i think this is the game tyrone would have wanted more than Kerry. i think when tyrone um got the draw they'd be delighted i'm not sure about Kerry. Um, how happy they'd be about it. Um, but I definitely think Tyrone are happy with it. Yeah. What do you think <laughs> the mood in the two respective camps, Colm? Tyrone looked at that and, and licked their lips a touch in so much as you can when it's Kerry, to be fair. 
Yeah, I think Darren has a point. I, th- I think Tyrone would be happy, but at the same time, they know that they are going to have to lift things majorly as well and, and bring that performance that you're talking about that they probably haven't done in, in two years now. Like, you have to remember, Joe, they were a kick of the ball away from being out of the championship two weeks ago against Westmead or last weekend against Westmead. So it's such fine margins here we're talking about. Yes, they looked very, very good there Saturday evening against Donegal, but Donegal were abject to say the least and um, we'll probably come to that in a little while but what a game that is to look forward to and if Darren's 100% right between Monon and and Tyrone does, Jack O'Connor would have absolutely prefer to be facing Monon this weekend but on the other side of that if Kerry can get over this maybe this is the, the jump that they need to get their season fully going and fully get their confidence back and get their mojo back so the winner of this game is going to be in a in a really good place going into the semi-final. Okay, so so you're putting a lot of the 118 to 13 point scoreline at Donegal's door here. Yeah, I thought they were really poor, Joe. Really, really poor. Um, right from the off, I just felt like they were never... They, Mike Finnerty made a comment before the game started in commentary that Donegal um, won the toss and, and opted to play against the Breeze. And I'm thinking to myself, you're at home Saturday evening in the game in Ballybuffet. Surely you want to get the crowd on your side. Attack to own. Try and get in front of them early. You know, you're the underdog going into this game. Put them under pressure and see what the response is. But they opt to play against the Breeze. Make a really poor start to the game. They concede a goal chance right from the throw-in. Roy Canavan comes straight down on, on Sean Patton. And then they concede a goal a couple of minutes later from a Sean Patton mistake. And... It just never looked like they were going to recover after that. Tyrone looked like they had far too much legs for them out around the pit of the pitch. Uh, Colin Kilpatrick and Brian Kennedy really ran the show around the middle. The boys at the back, Michael McKiernan, you know, McNamee, they ran Paddy McBrady up the pitch any chance they got. And they just had way too much, far, far too much. I think Johnny Gall got a couple of things wrong in that regards. I mentioned the wind. I think Owen Bond Galler as well had to pick up Derek Canavan from the start of the game. You know, you mentioned he kicked four points there in the first half. Playing against that breeze, or sorry, Tyrone with the breeze. I think Galler, Umbon Galler ends up picking Myler, who actually gets man of the match. But I think from a scoring point of view, it was a huge ass for Mark Curran to, to hold Canavan. He's one of the top three or four forwards in the country at the minute. I think then a couple of things at the start just was kind of the signal of what was to come for Donegal, I think. Yeah, okay. So, like, there is a degree when I say, oh, Tyrone, and they're back, Darren, on the basis <laughs> of that performance. There's probably too much of a, a waiting put on what they've done in other years and so that automatically means well there'll, there'll be this lean mean machine again in Croke Park M- maybe that's too much of a stretch Yeah look I suppose look, they can only beat what's in front of them and I think Cullum's right Donegal they were poor in the day and look I think Donegal have done well to give themselves some bit of a season after everything that went on um, but I think we talked about it last week and we mentioned the word nastiness and I think Tomas might have mentioned it last night they did look hungrier in defence. So in terms of just concentrating their own game, not reading too much into Donegal and what they did or didn't bring to the table, I just think they did look like they were more tuned in. They did look like they were ready for knockout football, Tyrone. Um, no, I'm not going to read too much into the performance because like Cullum said, Donegal didn't bring much. But when you're looking at individuals and how they were playing and then as a unit, um, they were tackling in numbers. They were breaking at pace. In fairness to Derek Canavan, he just looks like a different player this year. He looks like he's matured. He looks like um, he looks like one of these forwards has a chip on his shoulder who is just enjoying destroying defenders and every score. He's enjoying it. He was he, he's giving it the fist pumps. He looked so dangerous. Mm. I think he got a point. Uh, Cameron was a first or second. Half. I think it was second half where he turned your man down the line like there was no space. 
no space down the sideline at all and cut in and then cut across him and shot it over with the left. It was just a beautiful score. He gave it the fist pump after, but it was a brilliant score. And I remember thinking when he was getting the ball, he's going to get shouldered out over the line here, how he stayed in and skipped up the line. Yeah. He just looks hungry. He looks like a fellow who's really comfortable in his game at the moment. Um, and you're adding McCurry there, the two of them inside. And Matty Donnelly is just, Matty Donnelly's just doing what Matty Donnelly's been doing for 10 years. Um, they just have, like I think was mentioned as well a few times, they have good balance at the moment. But the thing I thought they were missing for the last year and a half was that bit of yeah. nastiness, that streak. But they seem to have a bit of it back the weekend. And look, every time they see the green and gold jersey, they're one <laughs> yeah. of these teams that I think they every time they see Kerry, it's like, right, we need to prove that we are better than them or yeah. we're as good as them, that we should be in the same bracket. And look, they always have that chip on their shoulder with us. Um, and it brings out the best in them. It brings out, when I say the best in them, the, the nastiness, which is a, a hunger, a yeah. compliment to them. It just brings out that competitive animal in them. And I think Kerry know that's going to be coming the weekend. Yeah, because I, I suspect I wasn't alone in suddenly thinking, column of the semi-final of 2021 and mm. that was the day of the Pat Spillane, Sean Kavanagh argument and there was just like a sense of mutiny in the air. So, I mean, again, like that's me getting wrapped up in the mythology of the thing. I feel you're looking at this through far more sober eyes. You think, Kerry, you're going to come through this one? Uh, not necessarily, Joe. Like, Jerome will feel if they go through the matchups and if you go back to that game tw- uh, of two years ago, they feel they have an awful lot of the players there that can do the same jobs man to man that mm. they did back then. Like Conor Myler is a player I mentioned earlier on. I think he picked up, picked up uh, Paulie Clifford that day and really took him out of the game. You could see something like that happening. I think in the middle of the pitch, they'll be really looking after, looking at going after the Kerry midfield. I think they'll feel like they have an advantage there as well. And let's be honest, the Kerry defence, I know, okay, granted the last two games, Kerry have been better. But before that, they haven't looked overly impressive at the back. And you were talking about the Canavans there and Matty Donnelly, you know, them boys will be looking at that carry defence and fancying a cut at them. So I think the closer this game gets, the more of my mind could be swaying towards Tyrone. But it, it's, it's it's very early days. Look, Clifford is the big one. Can yeah. they keep him quiet? Or it's very hard to ask Tyrone McNamee to keep him quiet. But can they get the numbers around him, like Darren said there, bottle him up? And if they can do that earlier on and turn him over, could you imagine the boost that will give Tyrone and the crowd? And if they get up like that, they'll feed off that energy. And yeah. then that could make it very, very difficult for Kerry. Yeah, I'll talk you into Tyrone by the end of the call. Don't worry. <laughs> so, D- Darren, my sense from you is you didn't look at the Tyrone jersey then as a player and think, uh-oh, something's just uh, off here. We, the, the, we don't have good days against these. No, I never actually, to be honest. Um, and it was funny, like I would have lost more than I won. But, um, just that natural you know, Kerry I, arrogance, is it? Just cocky. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was a case that, you know, you go into every game and you kind of eyeing up the fellas you be marking it and first thing I'd always do is, can I look after my yeah. my house first? Can I beat my man? And I'd always felt confident against the Tyrone defenders that I'd normally be up against and I'd always go, right, I have the pace in this fella. Yeah, I wasn't too bothered about the other stuff and I always felt confident going in there. I always felt that they couldn't mark the pace. Um, and so I always felt confident going in. And I loved uh, the bit of nastiness from the crowd as well. I used to love the games up in Healy Park. If you're on the bench, you're coming on or you're coming off or you're collecting a ball off the sideline, you'd always get a couple of smart comments. And uh, the the more you smiled and winked at them, the crosser they got. And uh, I used to love that bit of crack in it. But um, no, look, look, sometimes rivalry can get a bit nasty, right? Yeah. But um, every game, like I suppose, 
I knew going into every game that Tyrone were there going, right, this is our chance to show that, like I suppose, they see Kerry getting praised all the time. They're going, we're as good as them or we're better than them. We don't get the same praise. So they've that bit of a yeah. bit of a chip. And I love the fact that they had that chip. So, and um, maybe, maybe rightly so, because th- I think you're actually encapsulating the rivalry here where you're saying, I probably lost more than I won against them. And yet, ah, no, we were better than them. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It was one of them, but there was a lot of games we were going, like I came away from a lot of games going, how oh, do we lose that game? Yeah. But they have this, they have this doggedness in them. They have this, um, it's a great characteristic, a great attitude. They, they just don't give up. And whatever it is about the Kerry jersey, it's that extra fire in the belly from, yeah. I'm looking forward to the game. I think it'll be the, one of the first games now this year where the atmosphere will be electric inside mm-hmm. uh, Crow Park. Um, it'll give it a proper championship feel. I think it's the first game at the start when I heard it was going to be the first game of the weekend. I was a bit surprised. Mm. But I think it's the right one to get the whole thing going. Um, and like that, my my one, I suppose, when I'm taking off the Kerry um, classes, I'm there going, if Tyrone actually go at it and attack Kerry, they have the forwards cause Kerry world the problem. But do they have the confidence in their own defenders to keep the Kerry forwards um, quiet? So I think if both teams that you went at it just hell for letter concentrating on their own game you could be in for an absolute cracker but it's not going to be that type of end-to-end game you can guarantee it Cullum said it there Myler is definitely going to pick up Paddy Clifford if you can nullify Paddy you're probably thinking a lot of your um, supply into David is going to be nullified mm. so it's going to be an interesting one who picks up who like that Shawnee Shea looked like he was hitting form two weeks ago it looked an awful lot lighter on his feet I think that game will have brought him on confidence wise yeah Um but like that, there's a lot of players in that Tyrone team who will be very confident going in this weekend. Well, my memory, and it is just a memory at this stage, and it's a two-year-old one of the semi-final column, is that Tyrone absolutely destroyed Kerry on the break. Kerry wide open, left themselves very vulnerable, and you don't need to ask Tyrone twice. So you, you presume that's to the fore of Kerry Mines. Not that they defended all that brilliantly against Mayo, for instance, in Killarney. Like we're, we're, we're asking, geez, will Tyrone rise to the occasion? And, and what can we read into there? Donegal performance it's not like Kerry are shooting the lights out here yeah and actually you're, you're right about that game in two years ago the, my main memory of it was not Niall Morgan's long kickouts where Kerry were often up the short one but he was booming the ball 70, 80, 90 yards and when they won that ball Kerry were absolutely wide open at the back and it'll be interesting do they adopt something like that because Actually, in the final against us, they did something similar on a couple of occasions and they scored one goal off it and got a go- another goal chance off it. So it is a tactic that they tend to use yeah. and it's something they do bring, tend to bring to Club Hearts. So I think, I mentioned earlier on about Kerry's backline, how it won't fear the throw lads. I think that's exactly what they look at. Look at hitting Kerry in the wide open. I think they'll start from the wrong kick-out. So until yesterday, Mayo won 10, Galway 12 points. Like, on the one hand, the wind like it defined the dynamics of the game and probably made it this very intriguing situation and was a five point lead for Galway enough at half time and we'll find it in the second half and it dictated the tactics on the other hand Darren I was just thinking oh this is such a pity like it's ruining the game I'd say as a player you turn up in a wind like this you're just thinking ah not that it makes it like gimmicky but it sort of makes it a bit gimmicky yeah it definitely goes along with it. it's going to be a game of two halves um and didn't very often you you rather play in the rain, but it's easier to play in the lashing rain than it is in a wind like that. Um, I think games of that, like you just need to take your chances. And Galway didn't. It, it sounds so basic, but 
get so many opportunities to score and extend the lead. And then it comes down to your characters and your big game players and something as simple as bringing on someone like Killian O'Connor, the crowd erupt, he got one chance over the bar, took their chances. Like Mayo weren't, Mayo weren't good. That's the thing. The game was not a good game. The standard of football was awful. It was tense. I think um, um, Horn said after the game, no one's going to fear Mayo after it. But Galway, like, I'd say Joyce, if Joyce could have put on the boots himself yesterday to kick a couple of frees, he would have. Yeah. Um, and there are things a manager can't, he can't equate for, like he can't take the blame. Um, some of the misses Galway had were just so poor. Um, and it's not like they're not used to that pitch. It's not like they're not used to the wind. Um, no, he did mention in his interview they didn't have much luck this year. I think the likes of Comer are going off. Obviously, it was a blow. More so, not even his footballing, but his character. He's a guy who would demand the ball. I think Kelly was obviously struggling badly with the leg. Um, and McDade tried hard and Sweeney when he came on. But they're big players when you needed them to come and get on ball and do something. We didn't see them. And I think in days of that where conditions are hard and things aren't dropping for you, you need your characters. And I think Joyce was let down by a few characters. If they are of a mind to analyse the game this week, Colm, and what's the point? So I don't suspect they will. Like The wides are just inexplicably bad, really. I mean, shocking wides. Yeah, really poor. And I think, Joe, that 15-minute spell before half-time, I think that's where the damage was done from a Galway point of view. I remember looking up the scoreboard at one stage, 20 minutes gone, it was 7-3. Mayo hadn't scored in like 14 or 15 minutes. Mayo couldn't win their own kick-out. Galway had a huge amount of possession in their own half. Mayo couldn't get out of their half. And when it did, it never looked like they were going to score against that breeze. Mm. I was looking at the scoreboard with 15, 16 minutes score, thinking this could be... 8, 9, 10, 11 points at halftime because Galway had all the momentum and Galway only scored one point in that 15, 16 minutes which was absolutely crucial and in that watch misses a really bad free from the top of the D he kicks another one a couple of minutes later off his left foot Johnny Heaney misses one the only score they get is McDade and and after that it's actually Mayo pushing to try and get a score before halftime they have three really bad whites themselves granted against that breeze but I think that's where the damage was done for Galway five points at halftime I was actually delighted with it I thought Mayo were in a really really good right. spot and to me they just needed to start the second half well put the pressure on Galway straight away because it would have been felt like an awful long half for Galway if we could get that lead back straight away I think Mayo had the lead gone in eight minutes something like that and when you're a Galway player you're coming back out from a green stick and that goal the wind blowing in your face you know you were really in trouble now and I think that's what the Galway players would have felt you know 10 minutes into that second half Yeah Mayo blitzed them 1-5 to no score at the start of the second half and uh, you're, you're right I think it's interesting to mention those few minutes before half time Mayo hadn't scored since the 7th minute as you say mm. Galway had those dreadful wides and from about maybe 28-29 minutes Mayo just played keep ball like Jordan mm. Flynn at one point almost on the end line kicked the ball back 20 metres and it went all the way back to Colm Reap on the 45 and then it, there was the Jason Doherty wide the Owen McLaughlin wide and the Kevin McLaughlin wide really bad wides but yeah. it, it killed the clock I suppose is the point mm. Yeah, for sure. And for Galway, you're probably looking at there because at this stage, you know how bad the breeze is. You know how difficult they're finding to get shots away. You're probably looking at pushing out a small bit more, trying to get a bit more contact in because Mayo did manage that like five or six minutes really, really well, actually. I think Galway lost their composure a small bit. Johnny Heaney hits a wide enough swing on Jeremy O'Connor towards the sideline. 
which creates a smaller bit of a league. Park Joyce is in, you know, one of the Galway selectors is in, Aidan O'Shea is getting involved and in giving a bit giving a bit of lip as well. And, you know, that kind of broke the goal momentum and it suited what May were trying to do was slow down the game. And you're right then, they held the ball for a couple of minutes, got a couple of shots away, and Galway looked like they were getting really f- frustrated. But I think it was up to Galway to really try and apply that pressure on, put as much of a squeeze on for the next couple of minutes and get a couple of more scores for half time. So, uh, you alluded to it, Darren. Sean Kelly curtailed Damien Comer probably more curtailed than we realised and doesn't make it out for the second half and then all season we've waited for the All-Ireland final version of Shane Walsh to show up and he's had a long and eventful year like in a weird way that final propelled him to a new status you know like an overnight success, uh, sensation after nearly a decade but it, it did just change who he was and then it was his misfortune like the Kilmacud move happens a couple of weeks after the biggest game of his life and it's a big talking point then he seems to go away to Australia get away from it all live his life as he's entitled to do and I'm sure other things going on you know it's it's he's, he's, um, he's a young person juggling life so you stir all that together uh, for those reasons or others he just hasn't been at the pitch of it all year and, and the last kind of vain hope we had in advance of this game was well he's a big game player and the bit of adrenaline might stir the juices but um, you almost can't cheat it if you haven't been doing it I, you know maybe you can the odd time but it, it's tough I don't, if you don't have the work put in you're just not going to get the rewards and I think and this isn't the, that he wasn't working hard he missed a lot of the year playing with the club um Right, they won All Ireland. He got to celebrate it with strangers, um, <laughs> but but then he went off to Australia. Like you, you need your holiday. But you're going off to Australia. You're missing a good chunk of training, and then you're coming back. There's so many games. You can't get that training. You can't get that that load done. And I don't care. I've said this numerous times. I don't care if you're playing with Kilmacud Crooks or Glenbigling or no matter what level it is, you're a way off into D- county Darren, level. What, Darren, will you? What is that load? that needs to be done at the start of you know before you get into league or certainly championship is that like six weeks of just hard running three times a week is it four weeks is it eight weeks Will it, what, what would you consider that's a really good load I'm now set to peak come July it, it all depends to be honest like I know it's changed over the years but you want a good three or four weeks of hard work done okay. like and I hated the long running and I'd always it, it gives you confidence um you'd always have to say it's money in the bank do you know I the hard work so when things aren't going right the one thing you can always guarantee is my legs can carry me around the pitch and when you're not playing well I can work my way into yeah. it if that means tracking back if that means being a link man if that means just making runs and being a nuisance once you have that load done you're grand you can see three, three four weeks three four weeks seems manageable to me almost wonder in hindsight if they could do it again would they say do you know what skip those couple of league games because Galway like pattered along yeah. grand in the league but you know it's just fine you almost wonder in hindsight will they say do you know what let's get Walsh up to speed yeah. sit out those games see a lot of it is playing games you're match fit right you know you can get through games and uh, but I don't know it's a different level of fitness you can play games get yourself up I just think you know, you're trying to go from a certain level up to the level of inter-county and like we said the standard of football up to now hasn't been great so he'll probably have to get through them in third or fourth year yeah but it's the big games when things aren't going right. Um, and the one thing you were kind of expecting of Shane, because he's such a good kicker of the ball, is freezer on the money anyway. So you can get through games, and at least you're guaranteed five or six points every game consistently. You know, you get away with it. But 
uh, look, I was just I was disappointed with him the last day. I just thought, look, anyone can have a bad day from shooting, you can miss freeze, but the only time I saw him on the ball was to take freeze. Um, and with his pace and his power, the game was crying out for somebody to come off the shoulder, break the line, and the only one that was trying it on a consistent basis was McDade. Yeah. Conroy was trying to get on ball in fairness to him. And Conroy is ploughing along for must be 12, 12 or 13, 14 years now at this stage. Um, Sweeney came on. But like, it's it's them moments. It's them moments where you want your big players to come in. Yeah. I think Joyce would be disappointed that he didn't get anything off him on the biggest day that they had so far this year. I'll be interested to see what Joyce does because I, I remember in an interview on Off the Ball a couple of months ago, he was saying, you know, he, he had sat down and thought very seriously about not coming back again around mm. Christmas time. But almost his children were saying, but dad, it's so much fun. You can't, don't you dare. And, and he said, OK, mm. we'll, we'll go again. And after a disappointment like this, you do wonder, Colm. On um, final word on Galway, and we'll, we'll push mm. on and talk to Lumeo in a moment then. What a, what a curious kind of um, year then. Very close last year to an All-Ireland and then they were sort of like people's favourites as this year went along by default. I was talking with your old manager James Horn yesterday in advance of the game and we were saying they almost just haven't messed up in the way that the other frontrunners mm-hmm. have so they're, they're like last ones standing in our minds but hadn't really done anything outstanding. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how big a blow this season is to Galway and what they've built thus far under Joyce not least if he goes I think you're right Joe I think we're all we were all sucked into that I, I was as well thinking you know okay you're based on the fact they get to the Ireland final last year in fairness they back it up by getting to a league final this, this year granted they don't play that well but they were missing a couple of key players in that league final against Mayo and then they start the championship off and for a long time they're the only team up until the last group stage that, that have won every game you know so that's really where we're basing this on and the fact that other teams form wasn't great, let's be honest. So we're going, we'll go, look, Galway are still the makings of a very, very good team there. As disappointed, their season literally fell apart in two weeks. Yeah. The injuries, let's be honest, Kelly, Comer, four of their six defenders from last year, uh, Comer as well into, like it was a huge, huge knock to get. And it kind of reminded me of Mayo a bit last year, Jones, that they were just were struggling with injuries and just couldn't get boys right. And that's what it felt with for Galway yesterday, that they just couldn't get boys right at the right time when they needed them. You bring Silk Malloy back into that next year. You bring a fully fit Comer back. You know, hopefully you get Shane Walsh back firing after maybe getting a bit of rest. They, they'd be as good as Anton that's in there next year, but they'd be hugely, hugely disappointed with this year. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I think the most thing he'd just be disappointed was he felt he didn't get the rub of the green right when they needed it. Mm. Um, at the same time, yep, they probably own themselves to blame if they look after themselves in Armagh last week. They're two to a quarter final. Who knows what happens to them from then on, but... It's fine margins, Joe. It's such a fine margins. Matthew Tierney puts that goal chance away two minutes after Mayo get their goal. Maybe it's them that's playing Dortmund tomorrow, next Sunday. So, very fine margins. We'll take a very short break. Gaelic Football on Off the Ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GEA Senior Football Championship. You can check out hashtag the toughest for more. Darren and Colin back with us in one moment. Gaelic Football on Off The Ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more You're welcome back we have Colin Boyle and Darren O'Sullivan with us so Dublin Mayo uh, whets the appetite to say the least on Sunday at 4 o'clock at Crow Park it's live on RTE I would um, just as a last uh, point by the way on the, on the Galway 
game and Sean Kelly's ankle. I would commend Tommaso Shea, Darren, for on the Sunday game, not fudging it really. I think Sean Kavanagh might have kicked the touch, if we're being honest. You know, the, the pictures are pretty obvious. It looks to most people and Ryan O'Donoghue can absolutely come out and say we have it all wrong and I think he should be afforded that opportunity if we do have it all wrong. But certainly looking at the pictures, I would be of the opinion that he looks down, he sees the ankle of Sean Kelly, the much publicised ankle of Sean Kelly, and he has a swipe. And, you know, Jocelyn and a few of the minute fine, you hate to see something like that because it feels, if not quite premeditated, it feels like yeah, a very knowing thing to do and just nasty thing to do. Yeah, I wouldn't be a fan of it. No, and I, I was saying it off there. I to call him, I like Ryan O'Donnell. I like his spikiness because yeah. as a scoring forward, you have to be. But there's no excuse. Um, he seems to look down. It's a very blatant swipe. Um, he'd be a lucky boy if it doesn't come up. But uh, look, it's not. I, I always hated the handbags and all the, the, the shite that goes along with it. But Look, that's nasty. No one wants to see it. And it's funny, I've seen a few clips on social media and everyone's argument is always to show another clip which something else should have happened. But, um, yeah, no, he's... Um, look, maybe a bit of red mist came over him. I, I don't know him. don't know him from Adam. So, But, like, it is... It was an ugly one. I think he was caught out and Tomas and Fairness wouldn't be the type to beat around the bush. He was mm-hmm. fairly black and white with it. Um Look, it looked fairly obvious to me now, and uh, he was a lucky boy to get away with it. The um, column, the like stupidity of it is that there's no good outcome. In a way, he he had the best outcome possible, which is Sean Kelly didn't have to leave the pitch because the ankle was was given such a kick that he couldn't continue. And equally, Rhino Dunhu didn't go down to 14 men and cost his side. Almost the best possible outcome, aside from not being caught at all, is it's picked up on TV. But he may well face a suspension now. Like, I'm sure if you sat down with Rhino Dunhu today and said, like, how would you feel really if Sean Kelly had to limp off the pitch? Or how would you feel if you get a red card for something so stupid, you know? And I get red mist. Not a good one. Yeah. No, it, look, it, is, um, it was an unfortunate one for sure. Um, you mentioned it there, Joe. There was two things in this. There's firstly, Kelly's injury, which which is there. Everyone knew about it. Uh, Ryan knew about it. Um, and there was putting his own team at risk then of a fussy linesman looking at that. You know, maybe it doesn't need to be that fussy. I don't think there's a huge amount of com- contact made. I think that's that that was the good thing about this, that it didn't seem to cause much uh, pain on, on Kelly and didn't, didn't affect him after that. But if there was a fussy linesman there and he sees that, he knows Kelly's injury, and you put you send Ryan O'Donoghue off there right at the start of the second half, like what kind of effect does that in the game? You know, yeah. it could could have completely turned the game in Galway's favour. So. And you're sort of, you're remembered for that for a long time. Like, that's not something we see that often on a GA pitch. You, like, if you're a Rhino who you don't have to be remembered for something like that. And you would be. Yeah, yeah you would. I, look, I'd say if you asked the majority of players, Dan, you're about the same. We've all done things in certain moments where the next day or a couple sure. of days later, you're thinking, yeah, if I'm a time again, I wouldn't have done that. And you mentioned Ryan there. I think I think if Ryan did his time again, or if you asked him again today, but Ryan's a little warrior and, you know, he gets as mu- he gives as much as he gets in games. He's getting plenty off. There was so much happening off the ball there yesterday, Joe. Literally, Sean Hurston did very well to, to keep the game under wraps because there was boys pulling off each other all over. There was the most needle I've seen to be Mayung Hallway for a long, long time. Right. You know, and why it mightn't reflect it in the actual game itself. You probably had to be there to, to physically see it. There was lots going on. Unfortunately, there was that incident as well. But thankfully, no, nothing really of major consequence from it. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know. Will CCC see 
look at it or not, that remains to be seen. Darren, you said you didn't think Mayo were great for all um, the, 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 you know, they, the never say die attitude and, and here they are again. You didn't think the standard was especially good? No, look, I think Mayo will come away from the game delighted to have won it and will be able to pick a thousand and one things that they can do better. Um, obviously, the conditions weren't ideal and made things awkward. But uh, the one thing you'll never question with Mayo over the last 15 years is attitude. Um, and they had fellas who were willing to take the ball in awkward positions. They were w- t- willing to take on their man. They were willing to be patient. They need to be patient. Um, and when they got their opportunities, they were just better in front of goal. Um, I think they had more options to come off the bench as well. Um, but yeah, look, they'll definitely go away from it. Um, delighted to have won, relieved um, that Galway probably left them in the game in the first half. But probably knowing we're going into this quarterfinal in a great place because mm. we, a lot of us will write them off against Dublin, not because Dublin have been that great, but because they're going, geez, Mayo got through, but was it because Galway were so bad or what was it? Um, but like that, anybody watching that game will be going, Jesus. And I was one of them building up the two boys, Mayo and Galway, being like that, the best two teams at the moment to possibly win the All-Ireland. But on the evidence of the weekend, they both looked um, well off it. OK, and that's not just the wind and like Crow Park on a nice day against Dublin's very different level. I think similar to Tyrone being delighted to get Kerry, I think Mayo will be delighted to get Dublin. Um, I think it's a game that will kick them into gear as well. Um, I think it's a game that all supporters are probably looking forward to as well. Um, I think if they get a chance to pick their uh, pick the, the quarterfinals, and these are the games they'll be looking for. Um, I think Mayo will look at Dublin um, as an opportunity. I don't think they'll probably look at the game and say we can't play as bad. Okay. Um, and like that, they'll go in. They'll go in under the radar. I think uh, Dublin, similar to Kerry. In the last group game, they played really well. They looked like they'd supposedly got their training right and they're about to peak at the right time. Um, and I think a lot of people will write Mayo off due to the, the performance that they had the weekend. Colm, just curious, you'd have, you'd have a great sense of what teams Mayo have gone with across the year. It was notable, Conor Loftus, Matty Rowan, James Carroll come out, McLaughlin in, um, Owen and Kevin, Jason Doherty, Tommy Conroy. Uh, fairly aggressive number of team changes and, and they're changing their centre-back uh, for the biggest game of their season. So mm. what's the logic here and did it all work? <laughs> it worked because they won the game. Yeah. I think one of them was in force, Borgo Hora, I think was I think McStay said he was sick the night before the yes. game so he gets cold so it probably would have been three changes but look, I think I think Mayo, I felt going into the game that Mayo needed to mix it up. I think we've been very predictable even with our team selection the way we played for probably since the start of the league, really. It's been pretty much the same 10 or 11, 12 players, core group of players I've played. I was delighted to see Kevin McLaughlin starting, I have to say. I actually mentioned it during the week. If you remember Tyrone 2016, Stephen Rotterdam threw Alan Dillon in, centre forward, Mac and Justin McMahon. Justin McMahon, all he wants to do is protect his full back line. He puts McLaughlin in at 11. Just Mac and John Daly, who, let's be honest, hasn't been really used to Mac and anyone for the last couple of uh, years. And McLaughlin gets on so much ball, keeps a score in the first half, creates a score. And I actually wouldn't have taken him off. They took him off 10 minutes in the second half. I actually would have left him on because he handled a huge amount of ball at the start of the second half. But, you know, I, th- I think Mayo will probably look at this game again against Dublin and they'll probably feel like they need more changes. Uh, you might see the likes of Matty Rowan maybe get a bit more fresh legs coming into the pitch as well because 
There's no doubt about it, Joe. Mayo playing like they did yesterday as workman man as as it was, you know, the effort was unbelievable. The shift they put in, mm. it won't be good enough against Dublin. And I would have said the same if Galway won that game yesterday. It wouldn't be good enough to beat Dublin. So that's the challenge ahead now for, for Mayo the next week. I think a big area Dublin will look at, you're probably going to say it there, Joe, is Mayo's kick out and how they got smothered in in that half. Probably both halves, to be honest. Mayo won nine out of 36 kickouts in the game. If something like that happens on Sunday, there's only one winner. Because Dublin will get the score in return from that kickout. So Mayo really, they're not going to do much this week, but whatever they have to do, they're going to have to hone in on that for sure. And has that been a problem generally for them this year? It has, Joey. It was a major problem against Cork, especially when Cork got on top. In that last 20 minutes, we you know we found it very hard to win our own kickout. It was a problem against Roscommon the first day. If you remember, we were talking about it, how Roscommon really, you know, we couldn't win enough of our own kickouts, especially against that breeze to really put Roscommon under pressure. Yeah. So it has been a bit of a problem. And in that, like Jeremy O'Connor yesterday was just absolutely sensational. You know, it's more of a, it's more of a team, a, a team problem I think we have. But there's absolutely no doubt Dublin will look at it that and look at Colum Reap, who probably struggled a small bit, but in fairness to him, gets one really difficult kick out off towards the end when we get the last score from uh, James Carr score. But don't be surprised if you see 12, 12 13 Dublin players inside the, inside the half yeah. early on and they're really trying to annihilate our kick out. Something similar to what they did to Loud in the first day. I know the same threat isn't there against Loud, mm. but I think they're going to really go after it early and try and unnerve Mayo early on. Scary place to be with 80,000 there and lots of them uh, dubs mm. as well. Um, is Jeremy O'Connor a freak athlete, by the way? <laughs> like in, in the running, would he be there, thereabouts? Yeah, because I remember a couple of years ago at Newbridge, he must have ran about forty k in that game. I remember thinking, it, this is outrageous. And it's funny you mentioned Newbridge, Joe. I, I was thinking about it on the way home. I, I was thinking that's probably Jeremy's best game in a Mayo jersey since Newbridge yeah. in 2018. He was on. We lost that night, but he was sensational. sensational yeah. Like he sent out a message yesterday to the Mayo players that. I'm going to do everything in my power today to make sure we're not beaten. I need you to come with me. And in fairness, he got boys to respond to that. Paddy Jerkin was sensational. You know, loads of boys got in, rode in behind him. But he was, even in the first half, when Mayo weren't playing well, Joe, he was the one who was trying to keep them in the game. He was getting them up the pitch. He was winning kickouts. He was making turnovers. And I think he turned over the first two Galway attacks in the start of the second half and really set the tone. He put in some shift. The yeah. thing for Mayo is they're going to need to do the exact same thing Mark and Brian Fenton now the next day. I know. Seven days later as well. So, like, hit the ice bath, Dermot, and rest up. Um, in a, a parallel to Tyrone Kerry, what does a Dublin jersey represent for Mayo players, your teammates? What does that do to them? I think it'll excite them. Um, Fear? I, a, a sense of a, a, a hoodoo? Yeah, but at the same time, last time we played two years ago, we bet them. You know what I mean? So, they, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of players in that team are, are still playing for Mayo and, yeah. and Dublin, you know. Uh, granted, there's a few changes. Obviously, there's a change in management for us. Um, I, I think, you know, I said last week about the Cork, sorry, the Galway draw, how that was probably the draw Mayo needed to, to focus the mind after a bad, bad defeat the day before. Yeah. And maybe after a big win against Galway, maybe Dublin was exactly what they needed the following morning to refocus the mind. Granted, it's going to be a big, big ask. We physically don't know how good Dublin are, Joe. We probably won't know until 6 o'clock next yeah. Sunday really how good uh, Dublin are. I think the last three games they've won, if you take the draw against Roscommon out of it, they've won by a combined total of 53 points. So they really haven't been in the in the wars yet in this year's championship. And that's where Mayo are really going to have to look to bring this game 
bring it down to the last 20, make it into an absolute war, into a chaos and see can you can you do enough then to win the game from there. I think if they feel they can get the game to the last 10 or 50 minutes and they're right there, I think they'll feel they'll be in a really good place to finish the job. Well, if Dane Doors out of my mouth, I would presume, Darren, Mayo have to think that way, that Dublin haven't, haven't had to get into the trenches once this year. Let's set the most ferocious pace we can possible and let's sustain it and let's see if they've done the training and they've worked as hard as they need to work here. That, like, chaos is the... <laughs> the word associated with Mayo but like never more so than a croaker uh, against Dublin who like are, are ripe to be caught yeah I think you're right I think that's the kind of game it, it does suit Mayo um, and I think this Dublin team have a lot of ch- or the Dublin team have a lot of changes and they have been coasting up to now so I think Cullum's right if you can get this game into the last 15 minutes where Mayo know that they've been in proper championship matches up to now. They know they have it in the legs. They'll have the bit of confidence that they've had to, they've had to dig deep and win ugly games. Dublin haven't had to do that yet this year. Um, so it's going to be, a, it's going to be a big battle, but like that, it's all about the first 15 minutes, mm. set the pace for Mayo. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see who, um, picks up Aiden Shea. Um, do you know, it was only small little bits and pieces in the game the last day, even his contribution for the goal. It, it looks so simple. But if they can start using him close to goal with the pace that Mayo brought into the game for the first 15 minutes of the second half with runners coming with the with the footballers that they have, he could have a huge um, input in the game the next day close to goal. Even looking at the changes Mayo made the weekend and you're looking at the subs they're bringing on in the Hesse and Killian O'Connor, Matty Rowan, that's just three, they're three huge players that not only do they lift the crowd, they lift their teammates, but if you're one of the Dublin players like the Galway and you're after putting in a shift mark and whoever it is, and then you're seeing these fellas come on, it's a, it's a killer blow because you're going, right, you give Killian O'Connor half a yard, he's probably the most intelligent footballer in the country. I always said that. He got me black card a couple of years ago, but I forgave him. But he's so intelligent and he's just ruthless up there. And obviously, like Matty Rowan, maybe he'd gone through a bit of a bad patch, but I think he's one of the top midfielders in the country. Yeah. I think he'll be itching to get back in there. Um, and I think they need to sap someone like that um, the weekend. Um, so it'll be interesting, but... I think, like that, we said it, I think Mayo will be absolutely licking their lips to get up there and put in a performance. And they won't fear Dublin. And I think we still don't know how good Dublin are. No, that's, I mean, that is the really interesting thing. And we're building up Mayo. I'm sure Dublin fans are saying, sorry, is this the same Mayo that Cork beat? Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> steady on, everyone, you know? Like, what, <laughs> what's with the, the Mayo um, vibe here? Colm, I want an honest answer to this question. So okay. I have no doubt in 30 years you'll all be at golf classics and uh, talking about the good old days and best friends. But the Mayo relationship with that Dublin team, uh, like that rivalry, like, not you know, full blooded. There are GPS units being thrown. There are Dublin players dragging Mayo players to the ground in the final moments of finals to, to guarantee there's no chance of an equaliser. Like if you're all out in coppers and then, oh, geez, the Dublin lads walked in. What, what is the deal there? <laughs> Thankfully, I never used to make coppers, Joe. I've gone home by then. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, no. Uh, unbelievable rivalry. Um, intense. That, probably the best word I could use it now, intense. Um, I don't think they liked us and, and we certainly didn't like them. Right. You, you know what I mean? I think that's what made the rivalry. Um, you know, uh, 
frustrating from our behalf that we never got the big win on the big day against them. We bet them in two semi-finals in 12 and 21, but never got the ultimate one. They ultimately did the did the jobs on the, on the bigger days, but it was an unbelievable rivalry. But Jesus, Joe, when you look back, it was only when you retired and you look back and then games, and I read an article on the best games that we played today over the, over the last 10 years against Dublin, like unbelievable memories. Um, but for the boys of Mayo and Dublin now going into Sunday now, they'll be looking to create their own memories going yeah. forward. I think you've sidestepped that quite nice. I'll, I'll, it's I'll, lovely. <laughs> Political answer. <laughs> Intense. Great respect for each other. Yeah. <laughs> I, ne- I never made coppers. <laughs> um, right. Well, look, the weekend is set up beautifully. I, I have like, um, clock's got uh, gone against me, my fault, like a, a minute almost each for the other two games. On Cork Roscommon, uh, one point win for Cork. First 30 minutes, this was all on Roscommon's terms. They were keeping the ball for long periods. Cork almost impatient when they got it back. Uh, Roscommon picking them off. I thought, God, Cork are just going to lose their composure here. But in fairness, they really upped the ante just before half time, scored a couple of crucial points, pressed up on Roscommon kickouts, and then kept that pace into the second half and, and won out. So they have Derry next. Derry, probably like a better version of Roscommon defensively and, and also even with the ball as good as Roscommon were at times with the ball so that's a tasty enough game as well Darren I don't, I don't know what your sense is of Cork Yeah look I think like they started very poor um, I think Enda Smith actually missed a goal chance I think if that goes in it's game over ball burst but they reacted really well um, do you know what they, they, I said last week they have pace and they have power and in fairness it's very hard to adjust kind of midway through a game or midway through a half and they did that which shows progress Um but yeah, I think they're going to go in and I think they'll give Derry enough of it. Um, they have the pace and the power to stick with them. Um, whether they'll have that bit of experience that I think Derry have gained over the last couple of years um, would be interesting. But they definitely won't be able to start the game like they did last week against Roscommon. No. I think Derry would um, have them finished off early. They'd get goals. Um, and I think Roscommon, probably a bit disappointing um, they showed so much progress throughout the league and I think they fell a bit flat. I think, um, I'm not going to say fear, but they were definitely um, not as proactive in um, their attacking. I think they were a bit slower with it in their build-up play and I think that kind of played into Cork's hands as well. Fairness to Cork, they are tackling hard, they're working hard and I think Tomas mentioned it actually, they give the Cork public something to cheer and they'll get behind them and it did sound like there was a good atmosphere in Parky Creeve. Now, it would be interesting to see, do they travel to Crow Park to support them? Mm. Um, but like that, the Cork players would feed off that. But I think, look, they're going in the right direction. Um, and I think they'll they'll feel that there's a scout there to be got. Um, but Derry, in fairness, have um, coped with everything well so far this year. They seem to a team just going through the steps, stepping up nicely. So um, it's going to be an interesting one. But, Rebels Abu, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be too surprised if they uh, pulled off a shock. Yeah, since you said they were rubbish, really, they've been actually quite good. Yeah, it tends to happen. I'm going to tell, say, Kerry are useless now at the end of this. Um, Kildare uh, pipped by Monaghan and Tullamore. They were leading by a point at half time. Four of their six forwards had scored at that stage. There seemed to be more fluency about the Kildare attack. They were counter attacking very well. There's something interesting about Monaghan, isn't there, Colm? And like, it's almost like a self-fulfilling thing. Both sides are aware that when things get a bit tight, they have a knack of getting out of trouble. And they've done it in the league so many times. And it's spilled into uh, Saturday. 
uh, a touch. Um, I, it's funny, watching the, the coverage on GA Go, Aaron Kernan, particularly at half time, was just making the point that you could see why both sides were at a level and have a, a ceiling. Yeah. Like several goal opportunities passed up on both sides just by not seeing the pass or not making the right decision. Like both of them actually could have killed the game off and, and not have it go down to the 74th minute. Yeah, I, I think Aaron's right in his observations there. Although I think Kildare really, and I know Liam Ryan has a go at the referee afterwards, I think Kildare wanted themselves to blame in this one. I thought for long stretches they were the better team here. I think I think they're 11-1-5 up Joe on the 14th minute and yeah. they only score is it two points, two or three points for the rest of the half. You know what I mean? For the rest of the game, for the last half an hour. And within that, they have so many opportunities, so many goal chances. Kerwin hits, Kerwin hits the bar, rebounds to Flynn. He puts it wide. The big, big moments they didn't take. And I just felt watching it, if you leave this man on team in the game, they will come at you because yeah. they're going to get their purple patch. And that's exactly what they did. And a fair semana, they hung in the game, just what you expect them to do. And really down the la- down the stretch when it came to the last five minutes, I only really felt like there was going to be one winner, even though it was so, so tight. But McCarthy and Fairstone kicks two of the last three points from on and they get the big scores and it leads them into a really interesting game on Saturday against Armagh. Uh, you know, because as we know, when two tor- northern teams meet in Crow Park, they're very, very hard to call. I'd have a slight favourite for um for Armagh, but I think Armagh are slightly the better all-rounded team. But Monon, you know, I think their limitations probably will catch them out in Crow Park. But in fairness to them, you couldn't rule them out either. On the Glen Ryan comments, Darren, so I would agree it didn't cost them the game. Like there was a point where on 41 minutes, Kildare got the softest free imaginable to go three mm. points up. And Keane Ward said, oh, we're sort of 2-2 on bad refereeing decisions here. And in the end, Kildare ended up the right side of a 13-9 split on the freeze. So Glen Ryan afterwards talking about the referee, Jerome Henry, who it seemed to be fair, didn't have a great game in most people's eyes. But he said, funny enough, someone said to me this week that this man is out of his depth. And he proved that tonight that he was out of his depth. David Goff was on the sideline, equally scratching his head on the line with me on occasions. Like that's gone a long way further than he didn't have a great game or I was disappointed with the referee saying this fella's out of his depth. You're basically saying this guy should never get a game again. He's no good. I don't know. Like I understand heat of emotion. You're frustrated. But one, referee didn't cost Kildare the game. Two, it's the second time Glenn Ryan now is talking after these defeats and complaining about things. I don't know. I, I that goes too far for me. Yeah, I'd be I 100% agree with that as well. Um, that's a bit much. Um, anyone can have a bad game. Players can have managers get it wrong. Referees have bad games. But it did seem when you're bringing up stuff like you're getting texts during the week and this fella, you're you are putting him under even more pressure. And look, he he didn't have a good game, but you have to look at yourself as well. You have to look at your team. He didn't cost you the game. Um, they didn't play well enough. Again, it was another game where they had an amount of chances to to win the game. Uh, decision making was wrong. Um, taking the scores, they were just off it. But I don't like that. Like I've seen that, like, like that has happened twice now with him. He's at the moment, yeah. But you have to learn your lesson after the first one. Go right. Maybe you need to take a breather and say, look, I'll talk to you in ten minutes. Cool off. Um, but no, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. You just come across as quite bitter and mm. um, a bit juvenile. Um, I'm I'm surprised to be honest that he made the comments because look the referee didn't go to have a bad game these things happen but when you're bringing in stuff like oh I was expecting him to have a bad game yeah. and he's out of it 
uh, it's a bit much. And do you know what? You're not going to get any supporters for that. Um, and I'd hope that he's waking up this morning feeling a, like a bit of an Egypt, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's a degree of like, oh, I was talking to someone during the week. It's like the politician was talking to the voter column and, uh, you know, like it, it just, uh, everyone thinks this guy's rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Look, at it. I know Jerome, he's, he's a male referee. Um, he won't know, he won't need Glenn Ryan to tell him or Vinnie, Vinnie Coy to tell him or Sean Cavanagh or Thomas O'Shea that he didn't have a good day at the office. Um, but the key point is he didn't decide the outcome of the game either way. I, I, I don't believe, I think any of the decisions he gave I think they were pretty much evened out throughout the whole half. If Anthony, I think Kildare got a couple of really soft ones in the second half when they, they looked like they were going to push on. So it had no effect in the game whatsoever. Um, if I was Lynn Ryan, I'd nearly be looking at why didn't I get Jimmy Highland on the pitch earlier? I know Jimmy Highland hasn't had a great year, what, but they have, they've only scored two points in that second half. They, he brings them on in the seven second minute. I don't know what he wants them to do at that stage. I'd have him in with 10 or 15 minutes to go because he could have actually been a match winner for Kildare. Okay, fellas, uh, colours to the mass point. I just want uh, one word here and we know what both your hearts think in certain instances, but I only want the head answers. So uh, Saturday, 3.45 on GA Go. Kerry Tyrone, winner is, Colm? You've talked me into it, Joe. I'll go Tyrone. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then the man who like, ah, yeah, we were better than them, even though I have a losing record against Tyrone. Darren O'Sullivan? Kerry. No, shocked. Armagh Monaghan then, <laughs> Callum. Um, I fancy Armagh this one. Yeah, I think they're the better team here. Yeah, Darren. And that. Sorry, Callum, go on. Yeah, no, sorry, Joe. I just think Armagh have to see this as an absolutely huge opportunity to to really make a big step forward. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent agree with Callum. I'd be going Armagh. Just think they have more more going from. Uh, Derry Cork then on the Sunday, Callum. I think Derry. I don't think it'll be hundred percent straightforward, but I, th- I think Derry will win this. Yeah. Yeah, Darren. Yeah, I'm not just copying Colm's answers, but yeah, I agree with that as well. <laughs> well, you can go first then. Dublin Mayo, Darren. I'm going Dublin. I'm going Dublin. Um, I don't think it'll be straightforward. I just think Mayo just haven't shown me enough. I think they're going through too many periods of long stretches of the game without scoring. And I think Dublin just will eat that up. Yeah. Head answer only, please, Colm. Darren makes a fair point there. The stretch of the long peers are going out without scoring is a, is a major concern. But I go, uh, I think we'll win it after extra time. We'll take it all the way. <laughs> right. uh, discount yes. what Darren said about Kerry Tyrone and discount what Colm said about Dublin. <laughs> the, uh, Following Alan Dillon into politics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fellas, great stuff. We are very much up and running now with the football championship. It was great, which is uh, great. Darren, Colm, thanks, lads. We'll talk next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, so. fellas. Cheers. Gaelic football on off the ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.